Family Post recommends polite conversation on topics like the weather. But the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's magazine, The Lutheran Witness, is no Emily Post. Go to cph.org slash trylutheranwitness for a special offer of $6.99 for six issues and receive the March issue covering controversial topics like climate change, overpopulation, and the intersection of science and theology. The Lutheran Witness, interpreting the contemporary world from a Lutheran perspective. cph.org slash trylutheranwitness. We don't treat religion like a subject that we think influences the news and what influences what happens in the world. The God of Islam wants us to die for him. Jesus died for us. A conscience that's bound to anything other than God's word is enslaved to idolatry. When we do our own thing as a congregation, ignoring history, ignoring the divine liturgy's history and so forth, we have, in a sense, become an island unto itself. Topics you can really sink your teeth into. That's why Iowa dentists love issues, etc. Always beware when religious leaders, church leaders, come up with a surefire fundraising operation. You do recall that the Reformation back in the 16th century was occasioned by one of the most successful fundraising schemes ever devised by any church leader ever, the sale of indulgences. Now, while indulgences are still available for sale among the Roman Catholics, what about in pop American Christianity? What is their surefire fundraising program that seems to just sweep their circles like wildfire. Greetings and welcome to Issues Etc. on this Friday afternoon, March the 31st. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. We're going to be talking about Passover pickpockets during This Week in Pop American Christianity with Pastor Chris Rosebro on this Friday afternoon. A little bit later, Pastor Ted Giese joins us to review the movie King Kong Skull Island. And then in Hour 2 of Issues Etc., Rod Dreyer has authored his latest book, The Benedict Option, A Strategy for Christians in a Post-Christian Nation. We're going to talk about a Christian counterculture in the post-Christian nation with him. That's hour two of Issues Etc. Joining us for this week in Pop American Christianity today, Passover Pickpockets, Pastor Chris Rosebro, pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota, and host of a daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. Chris, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Todd. Why is it that these uh, uh, fundraisers, let's just call them that, have oriented in Pop American Christianity toward the Old Testament Jewish calendar of holy days? Uh, That is a great question. I personally think that the reason for that is that the uh, people who are promoting these fundraising techniques, um, they operate by twisting God's Word, and they have to make what they're doing look biblical. And so all it takes is a biblical veneer, and voila, you've got an opportunity to basically fleece Christ's sheep and make a buck, or as Scripture describes, people who are teaching for shameful gain things that they ought not to teach. And so they they know that they have to make it look biblical, and there's a big fad within evangelicalism in the charismatic movement, uh, a, a look back to try to recapture what they call the Jewish roots of Christianity. And I think this is a reaction 
against uh you know maybe the past the the previous generation which spent a lot of time in the new testament would had but they had no ability whatsoever to actually connect the old and the new testaments which made it look like the god of the old testament was grumpy and angry and the god of the new testament is loving and kind and so they've set out you know at least verbally to try to you know undo that to, so make it so that you can read both sides of the bible if you would but they've found a uh, like literally a, a way of making money that is so slick that you have to pay attention and actually have to know a few things about the Mosaic Covenant and its uh, commands in order to uh, not be deceived by uh, people like this. You are using the term Passover pickpockets. Why are you using that term? Well, it's real simple. They're using a veneer of a biblical teaching during the time of the Passover in order to, well, legally get into your wallet and take the dollars out of your wallet and put it into theirs. What we're going to be hearing is there's no attempt at all to actually rightly teach God's Word, to uh, disciple people in a proper understanding of what Scripture says. What we're going to hear literally from start to finish is a complete con job and a scam that has only one goal, and that goal is to get your money. It This is not about actually helping you understand Scripture. This is about getting what's yours and give you giving it to them so that it becomes theirs. There, That's the only reason for the teaching that we're going to be hearing. Who are we going to hear from, and what are we going to hear first? We're going to hear a recent episode, part of a recent episode of Benny Hinn's program, This Is Your Day, which is on the internet, it's on TBN and God TV and other places. And we're going to listen to him and his uh, co-host for this episode, Steve Muncy, who is a uh, a, a showman and a pastor, if you can even call him that, uh, from the, uh, kind of in the Chicagoland area, but he, he's from Indiana, the Indiana side of the border. And we're going to let them kind of set up the, what, which is the standard template for setting up the Passover pickpocket teaching. And today you have a word for us, and I want to hear it. I do, because this is a very powerful season to God, not just to you and I or to the Jewish people, but God said three times a year. He said, I want you to stand before me. I want you to honor me. And if you will study it these three times a year, in fact, uh, God says, it is my time. Not the Jewish time, not the Christian time. Although, we do want to give credit and we do want to give honor that the Jewish people have kept these three Passovers or three... And they still do it even today. They do it today. And I really thank God for them. But the Christians also, we call it Passover, Pentecost, and Feast of Tabernacles. Each one of these, God established and said, these are my days. And God really wants us to set it aside that we will stand before him Why and recognize it. Why is it? Why is that important? The purpose is to stand before him, and God asked them to not stand empty-handed, Deuteronomy 16. To honor him, to honor him really. To honor him, and, uh, and, and he said, stand before me with an offering. He, he didn't say, pray fast. He didn't say, read my word. He said, I want you to stand before me with my offering. Keep going, Pastor. So, you know, you're talking, this is a very, very uh, important important, season. And I can't, and and if I can brag, if I can push God's methodology, if I can excite you, 
about what God gets excited about. And that is God says, please remember me at the Passover. One of the things of the seven blessings is he dispatches an angel on this day. There is, there is multiple proofs in the Bible that on the day of Passover, if you stand before him with the offering, there is an angel, a changing of the guards, if, if I can say that, that an angel comes and leads you for the next 12 months, and it happens at Passover. Okay, Chris, what did we hear there from Benny Hinn and Steve Muncy? All right, so they're making reference to a biblical text. They didn't actually read it out, and there's a reason why they don't read it out. They'll just basically, and if you saw this on screen, you would have saw the, the, the verse flash up as Deuteronomy sixteen sixteen. And let me read it out of context, and I'm going to omit some data so you can kind of see what's going on here. Deuteronomy 16.16 reads, in a butchered fashion, Three times a year you shall appear before the Lord your God, and you shall not appear before him empty-handed. There there you go. So, see, the Bible teaches, and it's right there in Deuteronomy 16, that three times a year you have to appear before God, and you can't appear before him empty-handed. This is really important to him, so get your checkbook out and start making it payable to Pastor Chris Roseborough, care of, <laughs> yeah, so we got a problem here, and that is, is that there's three rules that I like to give on my program for just the basics of sound biblical exegesis, and they are literally context, context, and context, and if somebody would just simply go back and read Deuteronomy 16 in its entirety, you would see what is going on. Now, I'm not going to read all of it out, but I'm going to note here that the opening part of Deuteronomy 16 says this, Observe the month of Abib, keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt. By night you shall offer the Passover sacrifice to Yahweh your God from the flock or the herd at the place that the Lord will choose to make his name to dwell there. And then it goes on to give very specific details regarding the Passover, which the Jews for sure under the Mosaic Covenant had to keep. Next one, uh, Deuteronomy 16.9 says, You shall count seven weeks. Begin to count the uh, seven weeks from the time the sickle is first put to the standing grain. You shall keep the Feast of Weeks. This is the Pentecost season, right after, you know, literally following the Passover. And you'll, you'll note that the Passover, uh, the, the Pentecost, you know, we recognize that as the day in which the Holy Spirit, you know, got Christ sent the Holy Spirit for the church, and the church really begins to take off. Uh, from that point, that's kind of an important thing. But the other thing is, you shall keep the Feast of Booths seven days. This is Deuteronomy 16, 13. And you have gathered in the produce from the threshing floor and the wine press. So there's three feasts that, uh, that you know, those Jews under the Mosaic Covenant kept. Passover, the, uh, the Pentecost season, and the Feast of Booths. And then Deuteronomy 16, in its in its fullness, the whole verse reads out this way. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose. And the cross-references make this clear, that the place that he chooses is the place where he causes his name to dwell. 
And so that place is where the tabernacle was up to the point when, well, they built a a permanent facility, which was uh, Solomon's temple, and that was the place where God caused his name to dwell, which is the reason why, in Jesus' time, Jesus even himself would travel to Jerusalem three times a year to observe these Mosaic Covenant feast days, which were all type and shadow pointing to him, by the way. And so here's what it says. Three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths. They shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. Every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord your God that he has given you. Now, this then, we as Christians need to understand, historically, why do Christians not observe the Passover, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Booths? Answer, because the New Testament is absolutely crystal clear that the Mosaic Covenant has been fulfilled in Christ, and we are under the New Covenant. And this is the reason why Paul, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath, none of which Christians, you know, really practiced. And there's a reason for this. He says these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And so when you can see what the game is, what these fellows are doing is they're taking a Mosaic Covenant commandment that applied to Old Covenant Jews under the Mosaic Covenant, that then that covenant is no longer in force, and saying, you Christians now must send an offering to a tele-evangelist three times a year in order to obey God. That's not at all what this text is saying. In fact, appearing before the Lord is not something that you do in your home. The only place that you can appear before the Lord in order to fulfill Deuteronomy 16, 16 would literally be in Jerusalem at the temple. But there is no temple in Jerusalem, and there hasn't been for nearly 2,000 years. In other words, there is no way physically to actually keep the Passover as the Torah commands. It's physically impossible. There is no place on earth right now where you can say, well, God has caused his name to dwell in this specific temple. But see, the thing is, in the New Covenant, God has placed his name on us in the waters of our baptism. And so in the New Covenant, let's just say everything is changed because the type and shadow then gives way to the substance, and the substance is Christ himself. What are we going to hear next up here by way of advancing their argument or uh, kind of the pickpockets extending their reach into their listeners' pocketbooks? Well, they have to create confidence that this idea, well, if I send a check to this televangelist as an offering during the Passover, that the blessings that they're promising, that somehow these are biblically promised blessings. And so Steve Muncy is now going to really butcher word and literally make stuff up that isn't even even in the biblical text in order to make it look like, oh yeah, this is what God wants you to do. God wants you to send money to me and Benny Hinn. Think about the fact when Joshua was on his way to the to uh, uh, the promised land, he forgot to do the Passover offering. And he stops the people and said, we gotta re we gotta we gotta regroup here. We gotta do the Passover offering. 
after the Passover offering, the Bible says they were started toward the promised land and there was a figure in the road. And Joshua said, who are you? And uh, are you for us or against us? And uh, if you read the word, the Bible says, I'm the captain of the host. I'm an angel. Because you kept the Passover, I'm an angel. I'm going to lead you to the promised land. You go sequence by sequence. You can, the angel that came the night of the Passover. I could talk about Hezekiah when Hezekiah did the Passover offering. And there was 188,000 Syrians surrounded Jerusalem. And the Bible said one angel was dispatched on the night of Passover and killed all 188,000. When you honor God at Passover, God dispatches an angel. You want to get to the New Testament? When Jesus was in the garden on the evening before the Passover, he would have never done Calvary. He would have aborted the mystery of the secret that was kept since the foundation of the earth because Jesus himself looked at his dad. He went in prayer and said, I'm not drinking this cup. I've done all the miracles. I was sent through a virgin, but I'm at a point right now. I'm bleeding through the pores of my body. I'm shaking like a leaf. I can't get the 12 guys or the 11 guys to pray with me. I'm by myself. You want me to be nailed to the cross. You want me to be beaten on my back. You want a crown of thorns on my head. I'm in the garden sweating drops of blood. Father, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to do this. I can't do this. I I can't do it. And the Bible says God sent an angel to strengthen him, to show him his future. And joy was set before him so he could endure the cross. He looked past Calvary, saw the third day and the keys of death in his hand. And he saw Satan defeated and he got up, wiped the blood off and said, sleep on now. Come on, Judas, kiss me. Let's get it on. Chris, get us started on that. That was deeply disturbing. I think the word you were looking for is blasphemous. I mean, that was utterly blasphemous. Let's kind of go backwards. We'll start with the last one first. He literally is claiming that Jesus, you know, that Jesus gave a Passover offering, and that's what caused God to activate sending an angel to comfort Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane on Monday, Thursday, right before his arrest. And it was a result, literally, specifically because Jesus had given a Passover offering, that that angel was dispatched, which then comforted Jesus and kind of set the joy before him of what it was, why he was going to the cross. And if he hadn't actually sent in his Passover offering, then he wouldn't have gone to the cross and none of us would actually have our sins atoned for by Christ's death. I mean, the brazen blasphemy here. I don't even have a category for this. I mean, the best way I can describe it is is that this is the kind of stuff that literally makes it so that somebody is a candidate for the farthest reaches and most torturous parts of the fires of hell. That's the only way I can describe what we just heard. We'll talk more about it on the other side of the break. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. It's this week in Pop American Christianity Today, Passover pickpockets. We have heard that Jesus was ready completely to abandon his mission, and then God sent the angel. So how does that tie into you bringing your Passover offering and God dispatching an angel to you? Chris will explain it to us, and this Passover pickpocket scheme in Pop American Christianity after this. Law and Gospel, the Reformation Solas, the Theology of the Cross, the Means of Grace, Simultaneously Saint and Sinner. These are some of the topics covered in the Issues Etc. Book of the Month, Hallmarks of Lutheran Identity. It's written by regular guest Dr. Al Schmidt. Hallmarks of Lutheran Identity is published by Concordia Publishing House, 1-800-325-3040, 
or read an excerpt at issuesetc.org. Hallmarks of Lutheran Identity, the Issues Etc. Book of the Month. People are talking about the Lutheran Federal Credit Union. Lutheran FCU was created solely to serve LCMS workers, families, and entities, and proceeds benefit LCMS organizations. Lutheran FCU offers deposit accounts and loans and has service access at thousands of branches and ATMs nationwide. Lutheran FCU also offers members Christian-based lending advice for new loans and refinancing, minimal account fees, and superior personalized service. Check them out at LutheranFCU.org. An oasis in the desert of pop American Christianity. You're listening to Issues Etc. Our school is committed to authentic Lutheranism, the entire Book of Concord, and indeed to authentic Lutheranism as it has continued to be confessed and practiced through the centuries right up into our own time. Dr. Cameron McKenzie, chairman of the Department of Historical Theology at Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're committed then to biblical, confessional Christianity and Lutheranism and applying it to the world of today in as effective a way as we can. You can find out more about studying for the pastoral ministry at Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana, at ctsfw.edu, ctsfw.edu, or call 1-800-481-2155. Concordia Theological Seminary, Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity. We're talking about what our guest Chris Rosebro calls Passover pickpockets. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. Folks, if you talk to missionaries in the third world, they will bemoan the popularity of charismatic false teachers like Benny Hinn and Steve Muncy. That's why organizations like Luther Academy are vitally important. Luther Academy is committed to training Lutheran pastors and lay people to the ends of the earth. Find out more about this faithful Lutheran worldwide mission outreach, Luther Academy, at lutheracademy.com. That's lutheracademy.com. Okay, Chris, you started a response to that second bite we heard with the most egregious, and I agree with you, blasphemous thing that I think we've ever heard here on This Week in Pop American Christianity, that Jesus was ready to just chuck the whole salvation effort right there in the Garden of Gethsemane until God dispatched an angel. How does that tie in with this fundraising effort on the part of Hinn and Muncie? Well, you'll notice that he omitted part of Jesus's prayer, where Jesus literally says, but not my will, but your will be done. That changes the entire passage, and notice he didn't read it out. But the other thing is, is that notice the other passages. He, he really engaged in some really interesting chicanery. He claimed that uh, Joshua, after crossing the Jordan River with the children of Israel and actually coming into the Promised Land, had went, went, whoops, oh man, forgot to do the Passover offering. And so he did the Passover offering after having forgotten to do it. And as a result of that, God dispatched an angel who then made it so they can take the promised land. That's not what happened at all. In fact, the children of Israel were not permitted to celebrate the Passover during their wilderness wanderings. And as soon as they crossed the Jordan River, 
first order of business was to celebrate the Passover, and that was not an accident. All of that was quite on purpose. There was no forgetting of anything. And uh, and so what he did there is just bizarre. But the other thing he did is he referenced Hezekiah from Second uh, Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 37. That's where you can find the story, and the cross-reference, I believe, is in Second Chronicles chapter 32, but you might want to double-check on the cross-reference. The story there is of, uh, of the Assyrian king Sennacherib, who has come to lay siege on Jerusalem, and Hezekiah and Isaiah pray to the Lord for deliverance, and God delivers them, and sends an angel and literally destroys over 180,000 Assyrians in, you know, miraculously outside of Jerusalem. But there is no mention whatsoever in either Second Kings 19 or in Second uh, Chronicles, uh, the cross-reference to this, of the Passover having anything to do with what is going on there. And so, aside from being blasphemous, literally, Steve Muncy is being brazen in his twisting and retelling of these biblical stories, and he's absolutely confident that nobody's going to fact-check him, Nobody's going to actually open up their Bible to see if what he's saying is true. And he's so brazen, he literally is totally editing and changing biblical stories, both in the Old and the New Testament. If you were to see this, uh, this episode, I mean, he, he does this in, in both you know, Old and New Testament, and it's just absurd, the things that he says. But nobody's going to fact check him. Benny Hinn's not going to get kicked off the air. Nobody's going to hand, uh, hold any of these men accountable for their false teaching, their Bible twisting and adding to the biblical text. All the, th the only thing they know is that they can count on is that people are going to fall for this and send them money because they're making promises for God that he nowhere made. So th they are, you used that reference earlier from the New Testament, uh, what was it, for their own wicked gain, teaching things that men ought not to teach. They're using yeah. chapter and verse. They're at least referencing Old and New Testament accounts but they're teaching them falsely. It's not as though they're saying, people forget the Bible. They're, as you say, twisting Scripture here for their own personal gain. Right. Like I said, from beginning to end, the entire episode you know, of this of uh, Benny Hinn's program, there's only one purpose, and it has nothing to do with rightly having you understand what God's Word says, what is revealed there, and how to properly understand it for both doctrine and life. Instead, there is only one goal, and that is to get you to write a check or make a phone call and give them your credit card information so that, that they can get money. That's the only reason for this entire episode, because nothing Muncie has said or Benny Hinn has affirmed, you know, while Muncie was saying it, has anything to do with what the Bible says at all. And this isn't even a matter of interpretation, because when you read these texts in context, it's not about interpretation. It's clear that these men are flat out lying through their teeth. The only thing they care about is that somebody picks up the phone and gives them money. So before we go on to the next one, to this point, what has the sales pitch? If you could put it, if you could translate it from Benny Hinn ease or Steve Muncy ease, you know, their use of these Bible passages into something that's intelligible to a reasonable person, what would the sales pitch so far 
B. Uh, the sales pitch so far is, well, there's three times a year that are really important for God. You can't, you know, he's got an appointment that, with you, and he's promised to basically give you all kinds of blessings, you know, financial blessings, dispatch an angel on your behalf. But you've got to show, you've got to meet your appointment. And well, Deuteronomy 16, 16 says, don't show up empty handed. So yeah, yeah, you, you got to obey God because this is important to him that you obey him and honor him with your money during these three times a year. And once you've met that requirement, then God can start sending all kinds of blessings your way. So I assume what we're going to hear next is, as they call it in the business, closing the deal. Yep, this is the close, and it's absolutely crass and blasphemous and disgusting. This is your opportunity for God to do the supernatural. There's an angel getting ready to be dispatched. If you will follow the obedience of God and you that's, that watch today and say, Lord, here, I'm going to be obedient. And when you do that, let me tell you, God is getting ready to release an angel. Your enemies are, are going to be taken care of. It's all in the 32nd chapter of Exodus, what God does, prosperity, sickness is going to be removed long. I'm talking to somebody that you're scheduled to die, but you're not going to die because God's going to do the same thing that he did to Hezekiah, going to extend his life 15 more years. But God is going to activate his promises because God said three dates, Passover, Pentecost, and Day of Atonement or Feast of Tabernacles are the most important days to me. That means right now, just like you make an appointment with a doctor, God is making an appointment with you to see if you will stand before him. Any person that stands before him, pastor, let me tell you, there will be a supernatural, there will be an angel, there will be biblical, biblical things that will happen to the person. There's an anointing on you that's very strong. Would you just stretch your hands and pray for the people right now? that as they obey the Lord, that exactly what God promised will happen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen. there is an utterance. There is a, uh, there, I know that on this set we are agreeing. Something is happening to that Jesus. special person that's watching. And Lord, there is a miracle of healing. There is a miracle, God, of a breakthrough financially. There, God, you're about to extend someone's life. You're about to take care of the enemy that has come against them. You go to that phone and specifically say, make sure... You put Passover. This is my Passover offering, and I want to give $300. Why 300 Well, God called 300 of men for Gideon to defeat thousands of people. I don't know. That's, that's a mark in which I set before you to declare. You say, I don't have that much. The key is, is whatever you have. But if they can't give three, they can give whatever you give, amount. Okay. You give. Maybe it's $30 a month for 10 months. Maybe it's, it's $60. Some can give 3000 So, Chris, <laughs> obviously, it just becomes the, the crass ask at that point. One wonders why they just don't say, send us money, why they have to do all this falderall in order to get to that point. But I did notice something. The Passover no longer has anything to do with Jesus anymore, does it? No, nothing. And and here's the really sick irony. And that is is that Jesus Christ, our Passover lamb, 
has been slain. This is a this is straight out of scripture. That's exactly what scripture says about Christ. See, Jesus is my Passover offering and Jesus is your Passover offering. You see, it's through his shed blood that the destroyer passes over us and we are not destroyed with all of the sinful world around us, although we deserve that because Christ has died in our place. And so the sick part here is the somehow belief that, well, God's demanding of you an offering and a sacrifice during this time when, in fact, God himself has already provided for you in Jesus Christ a Passover offering and sacrifice. And he has promised you not in this life all of the blessings that they're talking about, but literally all of those blessings are promised in the next. Whereas when Jesus returns in glory to judge the living and the dead, when he makes all things new, we will see God face to face. We will see the angels. In fact, we'll even judge them, Scripture says. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, and we will be able to eat and to drink without cost. All of these things are promised to us because Jesus Christ, our Passover offering, has been sacrificed for us. This is just 180 degrees backwards. And there's a reason why th- these so these types of teachings are so popular and so many millions of people fall for this. And that is because they are greedy. This They really believe that God operates this way. If I give something to God, then I'm going to get from him almost like a wage. And they think that they could purchase God's blessings. But God's blessings are not for sale. He gives them as a gift by grace through faith. And so the tragic part of all of this is that people who are listening to these men are not being taught the truth about Christ, our Passover sacrifice and lamb. They are being deceived, having money taken out of their wallets, and they'll have time to think about it in hell as a result of believing this heresy. That's really what's going on here. Pastor Chris Rosebro is our guest. A few more minutes with him on the other side of the break on this Friday, March the 31st. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity. We're talking about Passover pickpockets. Let's get to the question I asked a minute ago, which is, why don't they just ask for the money honestly? Why do they have to drag all this biblical material in and twist it up? Stay tuned. There's a dangerous movement in evangelicalism known as the New Apostolic Reformation, and they literally claim that in, well, in the past few decades, God has restored apostles and prophets to the church. Chris Rosebro talking about his presentation at this summer's Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. In my presentation, I'll be making the case against modern-day apostles and prophets. As part of the presentation, we'll be talking about who's teaching this ecclesiology, the inherent dangers of it, but also what's at the root of it, and that is a false understanding of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can meet and hear Chris Rosebro making the case against modern-day prophets and apostles Friday, June 9th and Saturday, June 10th at the Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference in Collinsville, Illinois. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. The Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference. Dr. John Warwick Montgomery dice, Un mundo secular tiene necesidad profunda de cristianos pensativos y racionales. 
Este mes, lea más de Dr. Montgomery y otros expertos de las ciencias y la teología por suscribir a The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's The Lutheran Witness. Visite a cph.org slash trylutheranwitness para una oferta especial, seis revistas mensuales por seis dólares y noventa y nueve centavos. The Lutheran Witness, interpretando a un mundo contemporáneo desde una perspectiva luterana. This is Pastor Donald Jordan welcoming you to Redeemer Evangelical Lutheran Church in Chico, California. We stand upon the inspired, inerrant Word of God and preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Students at Chico State and Butte College are welcome to our college group. Our divine service is at 10 and Sunday school at 9. We are located at 750 Moss Avenue and our website is RedeemerChico.org. Daily Exercise for the Christian Mind. You're listening to Issues Etc. Celebrate the 500th anniversary of the Reformation with the new Martin Luther plush figure. It features the 16th century reformer holding the Bible and Luther's morning and evening prayers. Go to ReformationGear.com, use the coupon code ISSUESETC, and 20% of your purchase will help support the worldwide outreach of Issues Etc. ReformationGear.com, the new Martin Luther plush figure, ReformationGear.com, and enter the coupon code ISSUESETC. The 500th anniversary of the Reformation approaches. A good time to ask, who are we as confessional Lutherans? What's our heritage? The Confessional Lutherans for Christ Commission has produced the Layman's Guide to Theological History. Go to the CLCC.org and see which of these presentations and books would be most helpful to you and your fellow parishioners. And consider becoming a member with us as the CLCC seeks to help more people know what it means to be a confessional Lutheran. The CLCC.org. Welcome back. I'm Todd Wilkin. This is Issues Etc. It's This Week in Pop American Christianity with Pastor Chris Roseborough of Fighting for the Faith. We're talking about Passover pickpockets. It occurred to me when we were listening to that last bite, Chris, why do they have to go to so much trouble when in the end they're just going to say, give what you can give 300 or 30 a month or something like that? Why not just honestly ask for money to support their television broadcast or to pay their salary, whatever it may be? I do this on a regular basis. There's no sleight of hand. It's simply asking for support for this radio program. You do it as well. Why can't Benny Hinn and these other teachers like this do that? The reason why is because they know that what they're teaching isn't actually what Scripture says. So they can't actually be honest. They can't just be forthright and say, listen, it costs so much money to stay on the air. Here's our budget. Here, you know, we need to be able to meet our budget. Please help us. That, that, no, 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 no. See, these are showmen. They don't want the, they don't want the ability to stay on the air. They want the ability to buy private jets, to live in mansions, to travel the world and stay in five diamond resorts. And as a result of it, these men actually have guilty consciences. And so they have to literally put up the smokescreen. And and it's kind of fascinating that Scripture actually talks about this phenomenon in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Here's what it says, Even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, and their end will correspond to their deeds. And so these guys know that they're as phony as $3 bills. They don't care. They want the money. 
And so they know that they, in order to get the big bucks, they have to make huge promises for God. And in order to do that, they have to, like the devil, who is really their father, they, like the devil, they have to disguise themselves as servants of righteousness and shroud all of their con stuff that they're doing in pious-sounding biblical words that you know, so that they can make promises for God and basically say God is the one who really is the one who wants you to do this. Granted, we're his recipients of this, but I mean, somebody has to ha- you know carry the burden of uh, of cashing these checks and and uh, you know <laughs> and receiving these offerings on behalf of the kingdom of God. And I promise we'll we'll do good things with them, you know. But uh, when I lived in Orange County, I mean. Uh, and I would fly out of John Wayne. I knew exactly which private jet belonged to Benny Hinn and always made a point as as I was passing by to just wave at it and say, yeah, it's Benny Hinn's private jet right there. And uh, yeah, so these, these men, th- this isn't about paying bills. This is about living high on the hog. Pastor Chris Rosebro is pastor of Consfinger Lutheran Church in Oslo, Minnesota. He hosts a daily internet talk show called Fighting for the Faith. You can listen to Fighting for the Faith right after the live broadcast of Issues Etc. at 5 Central at PirateChristian.com, PirateChristian.com. Chris, thanks for being our guest. Thanks for having me back, Todd. On the other side of the break, we're going to be reviewing the movie King Kong Skull Island. Pastor Ted Giese will be our guest. Then an hour or two of Issues Etc. We're going to talk about the Benedict Option, a Christian counterculture in a post-Christian nation with author Rod Dreher, he has written recently The Benedict Option, a strategy for Christians in a post-Christian nation. That's hour two in about 20 minutes. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod celebrates and affirms life from the time of conception until natural death and every time in between. For this reason, LCMS Life Ministry is a program singularly devoted to upholding the sanctity of human life, both in our church body and the culture at large. Life Ministry provides educational materials, hosts conferences, and works closely with allies such as Lutherans for Life. For more information, visit lcms.org life and follow LCMS Life Ministry on Facebook. At Concordia University, Irvine, you can pursue advanced theological study for academic, professional, or personal development. Concordia's Master of Arts in Theology program is grounded in the truth of Scripture and insights from the Lutheran Confessions. Courses are taught online and at intensive on-campus sessions in the summer. Apologetics, Christian education leadership, and Reformation studies are just a few of the emphases offered. For more information, visit cui.edu slash theology. Putting Christ back into Christian radio, you're listening to Issues Etc. For 28 years, I had the privilege of serving as a chaplain in the United States Navy. Dr. Dan Gard, retired Rear Admiral and President of Concordia University Chicago on the need for military chaplains. During that time, I was able to bring word and sacrament to so many young people and their families, our sons and daughters spread throughout the world. Truly a privilege and an honor, and today there are other chaplains that must follow. We need more LCMS chaplains in all branches of the military. It's an incredible, amazing mission opportunities to go to places no other pastor can go but to go with the same tools that any other pastor brings wherever he goes, word and sacrament. 
You can find out more about the vocation of military chaplain at lcms.org slash armed forces. The LCMS Ministry to the Armed Forces, lcms.org slash armed forces.